It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard, Dennis and Brady, and week six reactions. An upset in the BWAC. Some league titles, at least shares of league titles, clinched tonight, three or four of them. Uh, But otherwise, it was mostly as expected. Yeah, but the one surprise was a big surprise. Uh, Almont beating Cross Lex. But yeah, besides that big shocker, everything kind of went as expected. We'll talk a lot about that Almont upset in the second segment. But to start off, we have to start in the MAC as we always do. And there, there were some nice wins, a couple nice bounce backs. A, a team got through a game without arguably their best player. But a lot of positives out of the MAC. And then, yeah, obviously the big one's going to be Almont beating Cross Lex. Not just beating them, taking them to the woodshed. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Northern took Frazier to the woodshed tonight. No surprise there. That's where we'll start because it's significant because the Huskies have gotten themselves a piece of the uh, blue title. So once again, the blue goes through a port here on area school. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet... Nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. 
Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Garrett Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Derek Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Derek Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis and Brady with you. Port here on Northern was at Memorial Stadium on uh, Friday night. They're fresh off a win over uh, Port here in high, but they kind of had a tumultuous week. Uh, when I went out there on Tuesday, they had nine kids missing from practice because of the flu, plus a coach. <laughs> so that's the- Get, get it over with early, I guess. They already knew that Luke Fletcher was going to be out again this week with his injury. They'd learned that Dylan Bloink was out with uh, an injury and was going to miss a few weeks. And they told me that Max Williams was going to miss maybe as many as three weeks. Good news. All the flu guys are back, and apparently Max Williams got clearance to play that it wasn't as serious as they thought it was. Because uh, he played in the uh, football game tonight and had three catches for 25 yards. But uh, Northern Brady took over right away. They blocked two more punts tonight, both by Alex Armstrong. Okay, I know some of the punts before were they were handing them to him. Were these legit blocked punts? These are was- legit blocked punts. Okay. Um, and because, because when the punter finally did get his third kick away, it was a 51-yard kick to the Northern 10. Okay. <laughs> the problem was is I think the punter was too slow on the first two kicks. Like, like it was a good snap, but um, Armstrong on the first one, I don't know what happened in the middle, but he came clean through the middle untouched, and, you know, the guy kicked it right into his face. We basically. call that a slow operation time. Yeah, so uh, everything went right for Northern. Ty Fletcher was just fine in his first start. We'll get to the highlights. We'll hear from uh, Larry Rollins, uh, and then we'll get into the uh, nuts and bolts of uh, how the Huskies really kind of dissected Frazier tonight. Northern's got a couple of men back deep, including Moreland, who was really good last week against PH. Kerrigan is the other deep man. And right up the middle, the Northern Huskies get a block. 
Armstrong blocked it, and he'll cover it up at the 19 or 20-yard line of Frazier. Armstrong came right straight up the middle, untouched, blocks the kick, and Northern will start from the Frazier 20. And the Huskies have been doing that all season long, folks. That's at least six block punts from Northern that I've seen. Kanye Cole is split off wide to the right. Two receivers go to the left, Kerrigan in a slot that way. It looks like four Williams, who they told me wasn't going to play, handoff to Buchanan straight ahead, and he won't get touched until he's into the end zone for a Husky touchdown. A five-yard run by Reese Buchanan, and that opens the scoring, and the Huskies quickly capitalize on the block punt that gave them the ball at the 20. It took them just two plays to punch it in. Huskies go up 6-0 with 9.45 to go here in the opening uh, quarter. Fourth and seven from the 10, and they'll bring Kasparian out to see if they can't get up by 10. Looks like DeLan will hold. He'll set it down at the 17 and make this a 27-yard attempt. From 27, good snap, good hold. Kick on the way, and it looks good right down the middle. Kasparian gives the Huskies a 10-0 lead with 3.45 to go here in the first and a couple of block punts have helped the Huskies cash in for the first 10 points of the game. On third and two, they'll send a man in motion, give the ball to Riley, and he'll be hit again. And lost the ball. It's picked up by the Huskies. And this is going to be returned for a score. Alex Armstrong Quarter. He's blocked two punts, and now he's got a scoop and score for a Husky touchdown. Defensively, 39 yards. Going to give the ball to Buchanan, and he's going to score easily. Following big Owen O'Connor, Buchanan's into the end zone for a Husky score with 36 seconds to go in the half. Second touchdown run of the game for Reese Buchanan is a two-yard job to make it 23-0 for the Huskies pending the extra point. 7.15 to go here in the third. 23-0 Northern on top. They go to Mott next week for their uh, final league game of the season. Boy, can you believe it? This is week uh, six, folks. Keeping it on the ground. Buchanan bouncing to the left. Has room to the 10. Shakes the tackle to the 5 down the far sideline. And he's into the end zone for a Husky touchdown. Third of the game for Reese Buchanan. This one's a 20-yard run. And it gives the Huskies a 29-0 lead pending the extra point. Kerrigan and Williams to the right, Cole to the left. Fletcher out of the gun, looking to throw, has some time, fires and it's picked off, and this one will be returned for a touchdown. Intercepted, and going all the way back the other way is Vinson, and he will score a Rambler touchdown on about a 70-yard interception return. Second and goal from the two. They'll send a receiver to either side here for Fletcher. Again, Moore and Bacana are the backs. And here's Bacana looking for number four. Big hole to run through. Touchdown, Northern. Another two-yard touchdown run for Reese Bacana. He's got four touchdowns tonight. And with 10.52 to go in the fourth, the Huskies go up 36-8. to eight. Again, trips to the right. Single receiver to the left. Turi. Throwing quickly and a nice play. And they get it complete, and this is going to go for a touchdown. 19 yards on the play to Vincent on a really nice misdirection kind of screen pass. 
to the receiver, Vincent, and he slipped a couple of tackles once he got inside the 15 and was able to score to cut it to 37-14. to 14. Receiver to either side, prone the deep back with more. As Fletcher takes it out of the shotgun, gives it to Prone. Hayden Prone with a burst of speed, up to 15, to the 10, to the 5. Forget it, touchdown, Hayden Prone. He just accelerated at about the 15 and flew untouched into the end zone for another Northern score. 20-yard touchdown run for Hayden Prone. Gives the Huskies a 43-16 lead with 7.56 to go. Down to five seconds to go. Takes the knee. Ball game's over. Final score tonight from Memorial Stadium. Port Huron Northern, 44. Frazier, 16. The Huskies are 6-0. And they are Mac Blue champions. All right, that's uh, six straight years that uh, PH or Northern has won or had a share of the uh, title. Third time for uh, Northern. They can clinch it outright next week at Mott. Just before we get Larry Rowland's comments uh, about the game, real quick, Armstrong, two block punts, two fumble recoveries, one he picked up and returned for a touchdown. He also had a tackle for loss, and Brady, he did most of that in the first quarter of the game to kind of set the tone. Uh, Ty Fletcher, 8 out of 16 for 69 yards. He did throw the one interception, but he also threw completions to five different receivers. Uh, and Northern on the uh, ground, Bacana, 17 carries, 93 yards, four touchdowns. Prone, 81 yards on 14 carries and a uh, touchdown. And the Husky defense held uh, the uh, Ramblers to seven minus 17 yards rushing. Tell them what their what Frazier's leading rusher was. Frazier's leading rusher was their backup quarterback, Hunter Lemon, who came in on their last possession. He had two carries for four yards. And his yeah. first run went for four, which was their longest running play of the game. And, folks, you have to give a lot of love to this Northern defense. Luke Fletcher's not playing, and they're still doing what they're doing. Uh, and tonight it was Armstrong, but uh, it's been a great season for Heck. Um, Lopez was really good uh, tonight. Well, well, let's get to Larry Rollins here. All right, with Larry Rollins, congratulations. Uh, a Mac Blue championship tonight with the 44-16 win over Frazier. Let's start with that. Yeah, uh, just proud of our kids, especially our seniors. Uh, that was our first goal this year was to win the Mac Blue. And then uh, then after that, to play off birth, so they, they met their first goal of the season. And, and uh, I'm just proud of our kids. It was a complete game tonight from all three phases. Um, a lot of guys were good, but let's start with Alex Armstrong. Blocked two more punts, picked up two fumbles. One of them he returned for a score. Yeah, he did. He's a tremendous leader. Uh, great senior. Uh, I can't say anything more about the kid. He's, he's an awesome kid. He's, uh, he's just a great leader for our kids. He's been an awesome kid on defense for us. Um, he had a great night tonight. And the blocks help get the offense off to the, the nice start you were looking for because uh, first start for Ty, and I thought he was pretty good back there. I, I know there was the pick six, but overall, I thought he, was, he had a nice game. Yeah, it was nice. The defense kept with some uh, some short fields for us early on, which got his confidence up. Uh, he did a good job running the offense tonight. Uh, got some situations there to where he and he's young, you know, and he persevered. He had he had the one bad throw in the pick six. Uh, but other than that, he I thought he had a pretty solid night tonight. And uh, Lopez was good in the secondary. I called his name a lot uh, tonight. And obviously, your two running backs were good. You had five rushing touchdowns. I think Reese had four. 
Yep, yeah, they both had a tremendous night tonight. Uh, our, our guys up front, the offensive line, did a great job getting out and getting some push. Uh, Danny Moore did a great job sealing blocks at fullback, and then Reese and Hayden did a great job running the ball for us. Um, and that's what, that's our identity. We want to be able to run the ball, get a quick passing game going, and we do that tonight. All right, nice win here. You got Mott next week, a chance to, to be the undisputed champs of the uh, blue. I hope you're healthy again. Yeah, yeah, so far so good. It, uh, everybody kind of got over that little sickness we had this week, so it was nice to have everybody else out here healthy. So I'll get back to the drawing board next week and get ready for Mott. All right, uh, Mott, Mott is uh, what stands in the way of them having, I think, a perfect regular season. Yeah, that's their toughest. <clears throat> Jeez. That's their toughest test the rest of the way. Uh, and, and again, like if if and Mott only beat Sterling Heights twenty eight thirteen. I know they might be improved, but that does not lend any credence to me fearing Mott. Yeah, I still think Larry is Leary just because of the injuries. But keep in mind, if they can keep rolling without Fletcher and without Dylan Blank, they're pretty sure they're getting both those guys back in the playoffs. Yeah, they're hoping they get them back sooner rather than later, and. Yeah. A win next week, Dennis. I told you uh, I was looking this up. First time Northern would be 7-0 since 1986. It's a long time. They had a perfect regular season. They went 10-1 and and lost in a regional final to Stevenson. And it's yeah, that is a long time. You're talking almost 40 years, 36 years since you've been 7-0. and well, They're 6-0 and right now. And like I say, you got Mott, then it's... Uh... Mott on the road's not easy. East Point is at home, and then they go to East China for St. Clair. And we'll talk about the Saints in a bit. They just continue to struggle. Yeah. Uh, no struggling for PH. This is a nice bounce back for them. I know they're supposed to beat Lance Cruz North, and they did, 35-14. to uh, 14. The uh, Big Reds uh, get a uh, win uh, tonight to get back on course. And much like Northern, I think Portier and High has one test the rest of the year, and that's week nine. Yeah. Sterling Heights is not good, and Fitz is not good. Yeah, the, the the big reds might put up big numbers in both of those games. And that's what they needed to kind of get rolling. It's a little disappointment uh, disappointing that the blue is just so down this year. Yeah. The Mac in general is kind of down. Like you have a couple good teams in each division, but besides that, like even in the white, you have Roseville and Gross Point South, no one really there. The gold is Okay. North is playing well. Gross Point North is the one team in the gold, and everyone else is there. Yeah. And then in the Silver, Marine City and South Lake are playing well. Lanphier's not bad. The Silver might actually top to bottom, might be the most competitive division <laughs> besides the Red. Because the Red's a different planet. Yeah, the, the Red is otherworldly. But, um, you know, for the, for the getting back to the Big Reds, you got Holler with a couple of TD passes, another 50-yard touchdown run for Gavin Troy. The right people doing the right things for PH. And, and, and again, uh, you know, you, you can't go, go back and, and redo things, but I'm sure they looked at the tape and felt like they should have beat Northern, and Northern looked at the tape and felt like they should have won the game, and they did. By more. By more. So, I mean, you could make your argument both ways in that one, but I, I think this was a nice bounce back for ph because if there's one thing i sometimes worry about it's their psyche um Again, be, because high when, school kids yeah when they're confident they're pretty good but sometimes when, when they when they kind of get in a rut or or get down on on themselves 
the, they don't play like they can play. So I was happy that they came out tonight and played like they can play. Speaking of. Yeah, and Portier on High wants to get into the playoffs because they want another shot. Yeah. Because history has shown you get that rematch. <laughs> Script usually flips. Yeah, so, so far the team that's won in the regular season has lost the playoff matchup. Marysville uh, bounced back with a uh, nice win on the road. Um, th- this was uh, w- a-, a tricky game. Uh, but the the Vikings came up with the twenty three to to six uh, victory, uh, and uh, and this is the second time I think I'm going into the Swami business because this is the second time I've said if this guy does something, good things are going to be happen. Sakuchi, two hundred and fifteen yards, two touchdowns. I I thought in, in our last podcast that Clintondale was a team that Sakuchi could handle and get a big game, and they kind of needed him to a twenty three six win over Clintondale. Sakuchi, yeah, two, two fifteen and two touchdowns is really nice. In the sounds of it, it was a really sloppy game. I think there was a there was a ton of turnovers. But hey, like like we said for Marine City and like we said for Northern and High, you go on the road. If you get a win, especially a game that I was a little nervous about, the defense stepped up and did what they needed to do. The offense provided enough to get the win. You take that win and you don't apologize for it. Marysville desperately needed that win if they wanted to stay in playoff contention, and now they do. And now Marysville, before week nine, has a few winnable games. The St. Clair game's a rivalry game next week. Dennis, I believe you'll be there. That'll be a lot of fun, and you should beat Lincoln. If you don't beat Lincoln, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. So you're looking at a chance to win three straight, be five and three going into the Port here on high game, and who knows? That's that's a rivalry game that hasn't been played in what seventeen years I think mm-hmm. sixteen seventeen years that will that that one I'm very curious to see about I'm very excited to see but Marysville has the chance to string together a few wins as maybe they get a little healthier too well here's the other thing this is a chance for their defense to get a lot better yes uh, they only give up six tonight we know St Clair has been struggling to score we know Lincoln is not high powered. Um, because uh, prior to tonight's game, week two, where they only gave out 12 points to Hazel Park, otherwise 35, 32, 24, and last week 48. Yeah. They've been giving up a lot of points even in their wins. So that's a nice grinded-out win on the road. You have a rivalry game with a team that's going to have their back against the wall because St. Clair loses to Southlake 28-8. Dennis, their offense just... It's the same. I feel like every Friday night we talk about the same thing. Uh, and and I, I don't know what to, to tell people if they don't like hearing it. I mean, you got shut out in week one at Richmond. Then you scored 28 against Lincoln, a bronze team. But since then, you've only scored 20 points total in your next three games. Eight against Marine City. 28 points. Uh no, just twenty twenty points. Oh, in the next three. Oh, I thought you meant three, sense then, in the yeah. next three games. Eight points against Marine City. Twelve points against Clintondale. You won that game because your defense. Right. Uh, and then you were shut out by Lampfear. I'm glad to see. And tonight you only get eight. points. I'm glad to see the defense bounce back a bit. I think it was twenty two nothing late into the third quarter, maybe even into the fourth. So I'm assuming the defense was asked to do a lot. And Southlake is a good team. I mean, they scored more against Marine City than they did against you. So your defense, again, I'm going to keep giving credit where it's due because that is a good defense. Just got to get points. Have to, have to figure out a way. Maybe you 
throw some trick plays in there. You, you figure out something to try and scavenge points. Well, you, you got to figure something out. Like maybe you get aggressive on special teams and you try to block punts. Maybe you try to go with a, a fancy kick return to give to put your team in good position. Have to find a way to help out that offense. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I'd like to think in week eight they're going to do all right against Hazel Park, but Northern's defense. I just watched them hold Frazier to minus 17 rushing tonight. Frazier's got some athletes. And now I know their record is bad, but like I was I was talking with the Huskies coaches and we're like all looking at each other going, am I wrong? But Frazier's got some players. Like so I don't know why they like can't put it ju- together, but uh, Northern's part of the reason they couldn't put it together tonight. Like if you just saw Frazier's players do like a combine workout and have the underwear Olympics, you'd think, "Oh, Frazier might have a team, but yeah. it just, for whatever reason, the puzzle pieces don't fit. Yeah, St. Clair, you're 2-4. and four. At minimum, you have to win two games to even have a chance at the playoffs. You really and, have to win out. And right now, I don't see them, the way their offense has gone, I don't see them scoring much against Northern. So, to me, Marysville is your make-or-break game, and you got to go to Walt Braun Viking Stadium, and you have to figure out a way – to get some points against a Marysville team that one thing I, I will say about the, the Vikings, even when they lose, they score. Yeah. Marine City is the only team to really shut them down. Yeah. And through six games, again, there are kids on that defense playing really well. You've given up 21 and a half points a game through six weeks. That, and that's including a 42-point showing from Lamphere. You're doing a pretty good job defensively. All right. Uh, I like this win tonight for Marine City for a lot of reasons. They beat Lamphere 37-14. It was close for a bit. Lamphere is actually up 8 to nothing in this ball game and then the the uh, defense from Marine City didn't give up another touchdown. The only other score was a fumble six. Jeff Heslop threw for two touchdown passes and no Zach Tetler in the game. And you go to Lamphere and you don't have your go-to back and you still do this? Yeah. and are figuring it out. It's it's close at halftime. I think the halftime score was 13-8, to eight, and they end up winning the game 37-14. to 14. And uh, now the, uh, the Mariners seem to be rolling, Brady. This is five straight wins, 56-14, 33-8, 53-36, 48-20, and uh, tonight – 37 to uh, 14 on the road at uh, Lampfear. They've got Clintondale at home next week. Then they go to center line and then the, the Duran game in week nine. Can I give you another encouraging stat for Marine City? On the road, three penalties for 25 yards. Yeah, that's obviously it's only one week, but obviously for one week, and they fixed a, a big issue for Marysville. Them. They didn't get killed. They, like, they had a couple sprinkled in, but. I'm not like it's unreasonable to ask for zero penalties in a game. I'm not asking for that. They just it seemed in the first two games had back-breaking penalties and they and they've cleaned that up. And again, if you would have told me before the picks that there was no Zach Tetler in this game, you might have picked Lamb. I don't know if I, 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 I don't know if I would have picked them, but I would have had to think hard about it. And that's why Marine I mean Marine City's a machine. They're they're just a machine, and you're right. I think Durand won tonight. I think they got a big win tonight, if I'm not mistaken. I believe they were playing a uh, 
nope, that's the wrong sport. Um, Duran played Gladstone, and I'm pretty sure Gladstone was undefeated coming into this game. Yeah, they were, and they won 28-24. Duran's really good. That's going to be a bigger test than we thought at the beginning of the year in Week 9. But go to Clintondale. They go to Clintondale, or does Clintondale come to them? Uh, I just had it up, and I just switched. Oh, I don't mean to put you on the spot, no, you're but fine. I apologize. I can go right back. Uh, they are home to Clintondale. Okay, so Clintondale comes to town. Take care of business. Wipe your hands of it and get that win. Get that win and get the another outright title because unless, I mean, they should beat Clintondale Just at two, home. Two other scores before we go to the break. Uh, another close but no cigar for Anchor Bay. 22-19, to 19, they fall to Eisenhower. Tars were actually winning at halftime 14-7. to 7. That is a bit, I guess, disappointing because they don't want moral victories. No, they don't want moral victories, but I like the fact that, for the most part, they've been very competitive in these games, and they're not getting – they're not the sacrificial lamb losing 56 to nothing to teams like other white teams that have gone up to the red have done. Yeah, there are times where in two years they'll go 0-10 and lose by an average of 28 points, and then they go, can we go back down now? And they go, yes. And <laughs> Anchor Bay has not been that team so far. Yeah, uh, and Hazel Park beat New Haven 42-6. to That was the other Macomb area score. All right, we want to get to the BWAC stuff, so we'll play the commercials. And uh, Elmont and Crosslex was the game that Brady was at. And uh, he'll have a lot to say about that one. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. 
Since 1894, Ameriprise Financial has worked for their clients' futures, helping millions of Americans retire on their terms. Work with Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts, and together you'll develop a customized plan for your retirement. Discover the one-to-one relationship you deserve. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I'm supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Poor Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, you're back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. All right, Elmont Croslex. This wasn't supposed to happen, Brady, nope. and and it just kind of uh, messes with my head in the BWAC. Yeah, Elmont thirty-seven, Croslex twenty-six, and folks, there was nothing fluky about it. Elmont went ran one trick play, and I think they got twenty yards off of it. Croslex couldn't run the ball. Uh, when they did, they fumbled. So Almont was forcing turnovers. They got stops when they needed to. And Dennis, the other thing, Croslex was up in this game 20 to 8. And then Almont outscored them 29 to 6 the rest of the way. Wow. That doesn't happen. That does not happen to Croslex. And we'll talk about it in a bit. Yeah, there's some players out, but they're out on the offensive side. When was I'd have to go back and look when the last time Croslex gave up 37 points. But before we get into all that, I have the highlights for you, and I talked to both coaches. So first, the highlights from Almont's 37-26 win over Croslex. Offensive line set, trips left again. One man split out near side, that's Monzo. Herman again, offset to the left of Espinoza. Espinoza, snap, straight drop, fires right side. Caught by Monzo at the five. He tiptoes down the sideline and inside the end zone. Touchdown, Croslex. First and 10, Almont on the Croslex 38-yard line. Cruz under center. Three backs behind him. Measle works out to the left side. 
Now two, snap, play action, straight drop, Cruz, rolls, fires on the run. He has Mizo at the 30, not a lot of men in front of him to the 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Almont. The play action gets the first down, and the play action gets the touchdown on the next play. 38 yards, Cruz to Measle. Third and 10 from the Almont 11. Espinosa out of the gun, trips left. Snap, straight drop, looks. Steps into a throw over the middle. Caught, who else? Trevor Soule in the end zone for a Croslex touchdown. Espinosa leans in, calls for the ball. High snap, QB draw, middle to the 20, to the 15. Stays on his feet, runs over a defender, into the five, across the goal line. Gavin Espinosa will not be denied. Touchdown, Croslex. Back in enemy territory. Twins left Cruz under center. One man behind him, snap, handoff, middle. It's the fullback to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Tyler Fillinger and Almont. First and 10, Almont. On the cross, Lex, 25-yard line. Cruz works under center. Looks like Fillinger, the lone man behind him, twins to the right. Snap, handoff, middle, Fillinger. Has room, 20, 15, 10, 5. They just ran back the last touchdown play and score again. Almont has the lead. This would be a 26-yarder. Good snap, good hold. The kick is up. It has the distance, and it is good. Sean O'Neill makes it look easy, and with 2.35 to go, three points on the board for Almont. They extend their lead to 24-20. Nine from the 13-yard line. Espinosa with the snap, straight drop, looks right all the time in the world. Fires to the end zone, caught! Touchdown, Croslex! Under center, T formation, Batani. One of the backs behind him, one man split out to the right. Snap, handoff, no, play action. Wanted a throwback, flag comes out, intercepted! Trevor Soule picked it off at the five, working to the far side. The 25-30 across the numbers, cuts back at the 40, 50, 40, 30, 20. Trevor Soule, house call, pick six Pioneers! Roughing the passer against Croslex, the penalties offset, replay the down. T formation for Almont. Three men in the backfield. Cruz under center. Snap. Play action and running into his own man. Measle, excuse me, Batani finds a hole. 20-10. Touchdown, Almont. It looked like design chaos in the backfield. And Chase Batani goes 33 yards. Almont has the lead. Cruz under center. Measle. The deep man in the backfield, two fullbacks in front of him, tight end either side. Cruz, snap, play action, straight drop, man in his face, off the back foot, caught at the 10, to the 5, to the end zone! Almont's number 13, Cole Walton! Almont goes for the kill, and they hit the target! 36-26, Almont on top! Looks like fourth down, three minutes to go, Croslexon needs a yard. To stay in this ball game. 37-26, Almont. Espinosa, snap, keeper. Left side working to the sideline. He cuts up. He's hit at the line of scrimmage. I don't think he got it. Depends on the spot. Almont football. And Almont with the stunner of the year so far. Your final from Croslex. Almont 37, Croslex 26. And the game started, you heard... In typical Croslex fashion, they score 93 seconds into the game. 
Elmont answers with a touchdown of their own, but then they go up 20-8. to eight. Um, the, You hear the pick six that gets called back. It was holding and uh, holding on Elmont, roughing the passer on uh, Crosleck, so that takes away a 95-yard touchdown, but still, at the end of the day, you shut out Crosleck in the second half. You're feeling really good about it, and well... James Lusby was pretty happy after the game, as you'd expect. Got a chance to talk to him after his upset win at Croslex. Here with Elmont coach James Lusby. Coach, you just had the upset of the season so far. Not only do you beat Croslex, you shut them out in the second half. A 37-26 win. Have to be proud of how your kids played. That was a hell of a game from you guys. Uh, yeah, there was no quit tonight, was there? I mean, no. I mean it was awesome. Um, our kids uh, wanted this one. Um, you know, they came to our house last year and uh, ruined our homecoming, and it was their homecoming, so we figured why not return the favor, and that's what we did. Coach, they, they got off to a typical cross-leg start. They scored 90 seconds. You answer back. They go up 20-8. to eight. After that point, you outscore them 29-6. to six. You talked about mental toughness with me before. That has to be the, the quintessential example of mental toughness. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I, our, our offense, uh, you know, they, they wanted the ball, and our defense helped us get it tonight, and, uh, you know, we, we ran it, and like you said, we scored, and they didn't. So, I have to ask, the, the nail in the coffin, you're up for second down. They're burning their timeouts. You had to have a lot of guts to call the play action, and it worked out perfectly. What was going through your head, and what went into that play call? Um, well... I figured that they knew that we were probably going to go back to our eye and pound it. And I was watching the safeties, and they started peeking in the backfield. And so uh, I figured, you know what, we're either going to be a hero or people are going to be like, what the heck you did. So, I mean, you know, you make that call, and sometimes it's just a gut feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And you go with your gut, and I went with my gut. So, For a team that had to run a lot, I thought your quarterback, uh, Cruz, slung it around pretty well tonight. Have to be proud of him and a lot of other guys. Batani played well. Fillinger was the, your offense in the second quarter. Back-to-back touchdown plays almost had a third in a row. I mean, I, we go on and on about guys who played well, but that was a hell of a performance. Um, yeah, I mean, with Bryce going down, we asked Tyler to step up. Um, he got some reps at playing fullback, and, uh, you know, he's a senior. He's going to leave it all out there, and that's what he did. So I'm, I'm proud of him. Trent, uh, same thing. Um, you know, as a first-year quarterback, there's a lot of pressure on a first-year quarterback, and he, he read and he delivered the ball tonight, and our guys made catches. Well, Coach, congrats. Enjoy the win. You deserved it. Thank you, sir. And, yeah, I mean, he's got to be proud. First time a BWAC team has scored 35-plus points or 37 points or more against Crosslex since Almont in 2019. That's, so, so the first time in, in, in the Legro era at Crosslex that his defense gives up 37. It's his first BWAC loss to a team not named North Branch. I did get a chance to him and obviously disappointed Coach Legro, but here, here, here's Coach on the loss. Here with Croslex coach Mike Legro, coach, you you take one on the chin. Your first loss at home at homecoming. Think the, there's probably a lot of things that went into this, but the big ones that stare at you are penalties and turnovers. Yeah, uh, it's you know it, it was the story of the game was penalties and turnovers. Uh, have a couple big plays, big runs, uh, get called back for you know either holding or a block in the back. Uh, something like that we had a a pick six. Uh, that by Trevor Soul that was called back for a uh, for clipping or blocking the back, roughing uh, the passer, roughing the pass, uh, uh, yep, roughing the passer as well. Um, 
it's just, you know, it was what it was. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, the boys came out and fought hard, uh, did what they, you know, did everything that they could. Um, you know, it stings, told, but I told them at the end of the, uh, when we were huddled up, I said, our, all our goals are still in front of us. Uh, we control our own destiny. If we, you know, went out, we still will have a share at the, uh, the BWAC. If, you know, get in the playoffs, we still have all our chance to make as much of a uh, deep playoff run as we uh, possibly can. I mean, there's a lot of teams that have made deep playoff runs that have, you know, have a couple losses uh, in, in them. And, we could be this. We could be that next one. I mean, it just it is what it is. All the credit to Coach Lusby and uh, the Allmont Raiders. They uh, came out. They had a great game plan. Uh, they executed very, very well. Uh, it's just you know it was what it was today. And you know, uh, you know the boys. You know, had a uh, growing up moment. Actually, quite proud of a couple of them that were our le- our couple of our captains after the game. They uh, they said like, hey, you know, we need to be get better. We need to step up. We you know they they. You know, it's their team. They're going to take control of uh, what they want to do. And I, came, and I came and talked to them, and I said, tell them that everything's still attainable. Uh, I apologize because I could have prepared them better. And you know, we could get better. You know, we still can. Uh, no, you know, There's still room for improvement and growth. And uh, we'll get back to the drawing board, and we'll have Emily City here coming up. Thanks, Coach. Yep. So, Dennis, there's a lot to unpack from this game. And I guess... I mean, where do you, where do you want to start with this? Do you want to talk about how this helps Elmont? Do you want to talk about how this affects the BWAC standings, where Cross Lex stands, and your perception of them now? And again, this has ripples that goes out through the entire league. Where, where do you want to start with this game? Because there's well, a lot of different ways you can attack this. Yeah, and I don't want to take anything at all away from the Elmont Raiders. The Elmont Raiders suffered two tough losses and to get this win is gargantuan it prevented them from going three and three but belly grappy is one of the three best players in the entire area and it's looking- uh, i mean we, we could de- we could debate all of the but belly belly is one of the best guys in the area and clearly, Brady, it has made a difference at Crosslex with what's going on, whether but, it's mentally or or whatever. Because I know the Pioneers' offense is still scoring points, and it's actually the defense that yeah, has Belly failed Grappy them the last two weeks. Doesn't play defense though, and that's the concerning point. Yeah, you give up but, in regulation. You give up twenty six points to Yale, which isn't terrible, but you. you that's still unlike what we've come to expect from Croslex. And then they give up 37 tonight. And like I said, you're up 20 to 8. Dennis, Croslex gets up two scores. They're winning that game yeah, but 95% of the time. Is it fair to say Grappi's two touchdowns? I, I don't know. At least every I, game? I don't. I mean, and I mean I, that, okay, that, let me count that this. makes it. 40 to 30. But, I mean, I'm not saying but they, they win. But Almont also was missing their two-way stud player in Bryce Furman. But he, he's he, like one of three guys back he, there. But he plays both sides of the ball and does things well. No, I just think that whether the book's out on Croslex or Almont is – maybe Almont's better than we thought and North Branch is just that damn good. Well, that's what I want to find because, out. And that's what we the will next, find the, out. The next the two weeks, weeks will really tell us 
just how good is North Branch? Because they're destroying everybody, and the Almont win is now looks like an even nicer win with Almont winning this game. Right. But everybody else on their thing, I'm just like, I don't care. Like they beat Richmond tonight, sixty-two to ten. I don't care. Well, okay. I don't think Richmond is that good. Well, let's go back, and I want to keep talking about this game for a minute. Almont was just tougher in this game, physically tougher, mentally tougher. They made all the plays when they needed to. Cross Lex had the penalty issue where they'd get a big run, called back. You heard the pick six, called back. And it's just like not Cross Lex-like. And Almont, anytime there was a chips in the middle of the table play, Almont made the play. And Cruz did what I thought Armada could do offensively against Croslex. It's what um, they did against Marine City. They didn't throw a ton, but when they needed to, he found the open guy. Hey, fourth and seven, and you need the first down to keep the chains moving. Hit an out route to Mizo, 10 yards first down. And Dennis, I, I like this, and I think you do too, but it's second and seven with... I think it's second and seven, maybe second, eight, or nine. But Croslex uses their first timeout. There's under three minutes to go, and they call a play action out of the timeout. Let's be honest. We both like the call, but you have to have some serious guts to make that call because if it goes wrong, you have everyone in Almont screaming for your head. Yeah, but... Uh- and it and it worked. And again, we we both agree. I think it was the right call. Even if they don't make it, that's one where I'm going. He made the right call there. No, I, I agree. But that's one that you know. If it goes wrong, I mean, you said it there. It's a gut feeling. He saw thought the safeties were cheating up. But if he gets sacked and fumbled, he throws a pick. Or even if it's an, an incompletion, because at the time it was only a four point game. That takes some serious guts and trust in a first-year quarterback to make that call. Yeah. Uh, Again, this is a great, great win for Almont. I don't know what to make of the last two weeks for Croslex because I didn't see the games, um, but I did know the last time I did see them, when the game was over, it seemed like they were carrying everybody out of there on stretchers. Um, I think they only had two guys out tonight. But but one of them is Groppy, and I think Groppy is a big deal. He's a big deal because he makes your defense worry. Like you you have to you have to figure out a way to contain him and I think that opens up the passing game more cuz they like to throw. It also And Trevor Soul had had a great drive yeah. and then Almont said, "Okay, beat us with someone else." and they couldn't. And, and and it also takes the heat off of Gavin Espinosa because they're so focused on stopping Grappi that that when Espinosa runs you know they're not giving him as much again, uh, attention. So I just even, I think he's a big deal. He Would it have changed the outcome last week and this week? I actually think maybe. But again, he does a lot of nice things, but there's still a concern level about that defense that you're giving up these big plays and when you needed to make a play defensively, you couldn't and, yeah, that does surprise me. And the last two weeks for them to give up, what is it? Uh, quick math. 66 six, points. 66 points. Okay, maybe you make the argument he 
that the offense does a little better and they don't get as many possessions. Even if it's 50 points, that's still a little concerning. And Dennis, if your team is so built up on one player's shoulders, that's not a, a recipe for success. If one person going down, and I know he is a great player, and you could make the argument he's the best running back in the area. But if your team is so built up on one person's shoulders that when he's gone, you lose at home by double digits to a team that had lost to two other BWAC teams the previous week. Again, Almont came in there and just kicked their ass. That was There's no way about it. They're down 28. They keep fighting. And again, they outscore them the way they did. But if your team is built on one person's shoulders, that is still a red I, flag I don't, to me. I don't think they're built on Groppy. I just think Groppy is a piece that changes things when he's there. I mean, we're talking, again, I'm not saying that they won last week's game. And this week, you know, they scored 26 points and they lost by 11 but I'm just saying that when he's there that's that little bit extra that turns them from a, a good team to maybe an elite team and how concerning is it now a team we thought might go undefeated six and three is a very real possibility depending on what the timetable of belly grappy is and I don't know what it is but You'd have to think, at least I know as a coach, it, it, again, if, if this is my situation, I don't know where he's at, if he was close to playing tonight, if he wasn't, don't know. But what I do know is if I'm a coach, at this point, hey, a BWAC title's nice, a district and a regional title are a lot sweeter, make sure he's healthy for that, but Cross-Lex is now in the prove-it-to-me category. I'm not going to spout their, 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 tout them out as a team that I think is this elite team when you just got punked on homecoming by Almont. Well, I mean, and you can't prove it next. Like, oh, you should beat Emily City. Yeah, next next week they're going to win, or or there's a problem. Yes. Um. So next week they they'll have a nice win over Emily City. They'll take out some frustrations. But um, then you've got the North Branch game, and then you follow that up. I know it's non-league, but you follow that up with Freeland. And those are two teams that if you want to make the run, you're going to have to beat at least one of them, depending on the draw, to get to where you think you can get. So, I mean, after week nine, how are we going to feel about Crosslex? Well, we're either going to love them because they win those games or we're going to be, like, scratching our heads going, hmm. And, and here's the thing, if they go to North Branch and let's say North Branch wins and Belly Grappy doesn't play and they win 14-10, to 10, I'm actually more encouraged because then that tells me the defense has figured it out and it's the offense that needs a little extra push and, I, and hopefully by that point you know it's coming. But if they continue to give up points, red flags and alarm bells are going off and and yeah, it's I, I, anything else on this besides well, just now huge congratulations now to for Elmont. This Elmont. is a huge win for Elmont because they got Goodrich at the end of the season, which is a you know a very tough game. Goodrich yes. crushed Ortonville Brandon tonight. Um, Elmont should win the next two weeks. They get Richmond at home and they get Yale at home because those are home games. Not only do I think Elmont's the favorite, but I think they're a bigger favorite 
than if they were on the road. I'm still curious to see what they'll do against Yale because Yale's a team that's rolling. I know they might not be at that level yet, but I'm curious. We'll, we'll talk about them in a bit, but that's at least got a game that I want to keep an eye on. But but now we get uh, next week the North Branch Armada game. Uh, they both won big. Uh, North Branch another 60 point effort, 62 to 10 uh, over Richmond. Damasco was really good. I got th- at least three touchdown I passes so. tonight. I was trying to sc- scour Twitter and, and get what I could. Yeah. So. Uh, so I mean, are the Broncos really, really this good? We're going to know in two weeks because they're going to play Armada at Armada, and then they're going to host Crosslex. And folks, if North Branch not just wins these games, but wins these games like they've been winning. Mm-hmm. State title? <laughs> no, and last time we did it, we put North Branch in the Ford Field. I put them in the Ford Field hopeful category. Um, North Branch has only scored less than 50 points one time, and that was Almont. Yeah. And they only had and six And they won possessions. that game by, what, three touchdowns? 34-14. Yeah. They had six possessions in that game. So even if they got, went for two every time they only would have and scored every time, they would have only had 48 points. Now, I know, Dennis – you're a little antsy right now because you want to see North Branch play a, a, a big time team. Yeah, and they're all. At the I end. know they're good, but I want to know how good. Right, and the Almont win retroactively looks a little better. The Yale win now they beat Yale fifty one nothing. Yeah, that looks a lot better now than what we thought when it happened. Again, hey, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And they have two teams that have chances at BWAC titles. Armada now controls their own destiny in the BWAC. Almont's upset puts Armada in control of their own destiny for at least a share because they beat uh, Wyoming uh, 41-14, but they, if, even if they lose, they get the win yeah, over they get Alganac. the Algonac win. But 41-14, a nice win, and Armada is sending chocolates to Almont right now. <laughs> because yeah, the, the shame for for Elmont is they already have two league losses, uh, or tonight's win would have been even bigger um, for them. But what it did do, yeah, it's it's definitely a three team race, and it has set up a situation where it gives a chance for Armada to create a situation where you know somebody's going to tie for the league championship. Right, because if you're gonna, you'll, you'd have three teams all with one loss if Armada wins the game. If North Branch wins the game, then they already clinch a piece of the pie with a chance to win it outright the next right. week. So just to, to recap real quick, North Branch is 5-0 and in league play. They obviously control their own destiny. You go 7-0, and you're, you're undisputed league champs. Armada controls their own destiny. They've lost one game, and that was to Cross-Lex. They play North Branch next week. If Armado wins, that means everyone in the BWAC has at least one loss, but the two other teams with one loss at that point, assuming Cross-Lex beats Emily City, is Cross-Lex and North Branch. So those two would knock one of the other off, and as long as Armado wins against Richmond, then it guarantees 
that they are splitting. They can't win it outright unless something catastrophic happens and Crosslex loses to Emily City and then beats North Branch. That's not going to no. happen, so I'm going to argue that Crosslex has it in their own hands, Cross too. Crosslex absolutely beat does. Beat Emily it. City, and then you get a showdown with North Branch for the title. At least a share. Yep. And, again, we're going to find out next week. And, Dennis, I'm disappointed I won't be here next Friday night. I'll be traveling with Wayne State, so I can't be here for the reaction to North Branch Armada, which should be a really fun game to talk about. But the BWAC is is tuning up for, for a fun finale, and do you really expect anything else? I wouldn't. <laughs> and can we also talk about North Branch's defense? Yeah, that that's the other thing. <sighs> They've given up 37 points through six weeks. But, I, again, I know it hasn't been a great level, but again, Yale scored in regulation 26 against Croslex. Elmont just put up 37. They held him to 14. We'll find out for how for real North Branch is, if they're area good or state good the next three weeks, because Three Rivers is also 5-2, and two, and that's yeah. their non-league game at the end. But the BWAC is, is a lot of fun right now. Um, Yale beat Emily City 42-13. I don't want to discount the Bulldogs, what they're doing, because belief's a powerful thing, Dennis. They're 3-3, three and three, and I know they lost to Croslex, but where Yale is in building up a program, is it fair when you're building things up, you're allowed one moral victory before you can't lean on that anymore? Uh, I'm I'm fine with with moral. Most coaches don't like them. I don't got a problem with moral. No, it shows I'm, me competitiveness. You you used to be a team that that teams were blowing out. Now you're a team that's putting up a fuck. Uh, other than the the North Branch uh, game, I mean, they scored 18 against Armada. Yeah, that was actually more than I thought they'd get. That was. I'll, I'll be honest. That looked a little more. That's a little more cosmetic than anything, but. You go to overtime with Croslex. You get, like I said, you get the one moral victory. Let okay, they. I believe they're taking the bye next week against Algonac, so there'd be four and three. If you go to overtime and lose with Almont at a point, maybe you still take that, but you go, guys, we have to learn how to win. And I'm not going to just check off Almont as a win there. I think they're the favorite. But I really like the way Yale plays. You get two weeks to prepare for Almont. And Yale's looking like a team earmarked for the playoffs. And no better way to make that statement than beating Almont and going potentially 6-3. and three. Well, in this, in this league, step one for Yale, if they can get into the playoffs this year, I actually think they'd be a, a year ahead of schedule. And you could get another shot at Armada. Yeah. Depending on how the season finishes, Armada, Marine City, um, and how the, the 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 draw works, but you could get another chance. But Dennis, tonight kind of turned the BWAC on its head. This is why we call it the BWACky. Yes, and I use that on air, by the way. Um, and it no, might not be wacky. It, it might have been right in front of us the whole time that North Branch was the clear cut winner. We'll find that out in the next two weeks. Yeah, and. I guess last week I thought it was, it's an emotional game. Hey, Garrett Grunman's a Yale, or a, is a Cross-Lex guy. He's coaching against his former team. He emptied the clip and threw everything they had. It's an emotionally charged game in a rivalry. Stuff happens. 
and I and I kind of went, okay, hey, everyone gets one, right, Dennis? You get one game where you go, all right, push it to the side, whatever. I, I guess, I don't know, does that mean Croslex isn't as good? Yale has improved a lot. We have a lot to figure out, and we're six weeks into the season, and we're still trying to figure out exactly where everyone stands. It's usually always like this, so. <laughs> and then we'll get to the playoffs. It's another year and, at the office. And we'll have wildly different <laughs> different opinions on matchups where I'm going to go, oh, there's no way that team wins. You're going, oh, yeah, that team wins. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll cross that. But right now, going a week at a time is tough enough. I know. It, 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 it really is because, uh, again, like, did I think it's possible for Elmont to win? I did. Did I think they were going to? No, I didn't. I, I will be honest, and and the people didn't. We, Dennis, we had one person out of forty pick Almont to win. Yeah, and that was an Almont kid. <laughs> it was a player on <laughs> Almont's team. So you Good better for pick you. yourself to win. Betting on yourself. Good uh, for you. But one thing that's not up for debate, Dennis. Ubley is so darn good at football. Yeah, uh, another easy win for them tonight. We'll we'll get into the GTC East and the eight man uh, scores in our final segment next. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 918 
We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year, Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Uh, the off-air conversations are more exciting than the on Basically, ones. the debate we just had last <laughs> segment carried over with a little more colorful language. And it ended, it ended with me yelling, and that's why I'm so confused. Uh, it, it, it's fun be- because... You know, the scores from week to week just aren't adding up. That's why the transitive property to, doesn't work. To, you can't go, to, well, we beat them by this. So, But it's, yeah. Because I, I saw North Branch kind of physically dominate uh, Almont two weeks ago. And Dennis, you saw Cross Lex do that to Armada. And then I see Almont physically dominate yeah. and then mentally dominate Cross Lex. It's, it's I, I, I don't know. Doesn't make a whole what lot I of sense. What I do know is Ubley is... Is really it's good. Probably like the, the best team in division. The, the only formula you need to know about Ubley is Ubley equals good. And I ask this kind of half jokingly, but also kind of seriously. At what point does Ubley just get bored? <laughs> because ser- no, seriously, I know. Week one, they beat Bad Axe forty-one-seven. Bad Axe hasn't lost since. They haven't been within five touchdowns of losing since. Uh, they beat Marlette fifty-seven sixteen. Marlette's five and two. They beat Harbor Beach forty-two to nothing. Harbor Beach has run everyone. Their closest win that wasn't uh, the closest game that wasn't ugly was a fourteen-point win over Cass City. They're not doing this against the the small no, no doesn't have a chance team. Dennis Ugly is just stomping. Good teams, and they do it again to Cass City, forty-two to seven. Cass City's not a world beater, but they've been respectable basically in every game but one this year. And and, and Ubley wins forty-two-seven. Like, at what point does it just get boring? Because it's not going to get any better the rest of the way. Like, like if I was on Ubley, I'd be like, 
ready for the playoffs. Like, like, come on, come on. We know what our goal is. Let us start working towards it. Yeah, but but even the first, like even the district, the scores might not change. Well, you at least get another shot at those teams, and then you can like if you play Harbor Beach, you still have to expel those demons because. We documented, I think, a show or two ago how this is only Ubley clinched to share of the GTC East title, and that's it's only, only what, their, their third, third in the last 12. third or fourth in third. their last third yeah. in their yeah. last twelve years, and you think that's crazy, but Harbor Beach has always had their number, uh, but Ubley is just destroying teams. They have now outscored teams. Uh, quick math: uh, two ninety to thirty six. They got tonight. Yeah, forty-two, two ninety to thirty-six. Yep, got it. That's Good job. Stupid, Dennis. Two ninety to thirty-six. This is a school with less than two hundred kids. You know who does that? Cas Tech. You know who does that? De La Salle, Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Which, by the way, they lost tonight for the first time in like forty games. Yeah, but Ubley is just doing. Video game things. And again, Bad Axe, one loss. Ubly. Harbor Beach, one loss. Ubly. Marlette, two losses. Ubly and Harbor Beach. They're beating, winning playoff football teams. Uh, this is the first touchdown they've given up in three weeks and only the fifth they've given up all season. Fire the defensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> he is a bum, clearly. Uh, Harbor Beach beats Sandusky 28-6. to uh, six. Um, Not surprised that Beach won. Proud of Sandusky because this is actually closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, Sandusky struggling doesn't get easy. Ubley's coming to town next week. Yeah, uh, And uh, Marlette, uh, a- as they did after losing to Ubley, they bounced back from losing big to Harbor Beach and beat Memphis 46-16. to 16. Again, no surprise there. Like, I just want you to take a second to take in the, the dominance of Ubley because not all 6-0 and teams are created the same. And I'm sorry, if you don't have Ubley in Division 8 as your I, – I don't know what the rest of the 8 is doing, but I'm telling you they're not doing this. Like, it's, it's stupid. Harbor Beach might be one of the 10 best teams in Division 8. Well, here's the the thing about them. They're they're six and zero, and really like the only two wins on their schedule where you go like, oh, that's a bad team. Carol and Carol and Memphis, and the, neither Every, of them everybody have won else game. like bad X gonna make the playoffs. They're gonna win the West probably. Mar- Marlette could still make the playoffs. Beach is gonna make the playoffs. Cassidy could still make the playoffs. I don't think Reese or Sandusky. Yeah, Bad Axe beats Vassar 59-7 to tonight. Bad Axe has just clinched a share of the West. They play Laker in a championship game next week. But Ubley disposed of them like yesterday's garbage. So, it's just, it's on They're a, really impressive. I really want to see what Ubley would do against one of the top BWAC teams. Like, I think they'd probably lose, but I think they'd give them hell. It would be interesting. And I also It'd wanna... be really interesting. Uh, and we both want to see an ugly Mooney game and see how that shakes Preferably up. as late in the playoffs as possible. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't want it in the early rounds. I. I. There was one bracket. I can't remember which site we were looking at, but there was one bracket that 
it couldn't happen before the semifinals. Yeah. That's a bracket that I want. Yeah, Mooney needs to go south. And they can take on Mount Clemens and Lutheran Northwest and Melvindale Arts and Tech and Ubley can dispatch at the teams in the north and well maybe Michigan Lutheran Seminary yeah. too. And uh, Mooney's got a huge game tomorrow or Saturday whenever you're listening to this. Yes, Saturday against well, today, Everest. I guess we're recording it on Saturday. Yeah, Ever, Ever, Everest has never lost to Mooney. Everest has only lost two games ever in the intersectional two, and those are both to Shrine. Um, so they haven't lost to any team not named Shrine in a league game, but Mooney is a different team this year. They're, they're, they've been checking things off the list as we go, and they could check off league championship and prep bowl and first-time win over Everest all in one afternoon. Yep. And I think they have a pretty good chance to do it. Dennis, you'll be on the call at 1 o'clock, 12.40 pregame. I think that is, if, if we had a game of the week, this would have been the game of the week. Yeah, well, well I mean, had we known the, the outcome of the Almont Croslax game beforehand, we would have said, this is going to be the game of the century. People believe us. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this is the one where, where Mooney has a great chance to have a very fun Saturday. Well, uh, let, let's hope so. I, I hope that uh, that Mooney's on point. I hope that they're in there healthy. Um, and, and I hope that this one turn Because last year, I know last year, they thought that they could compete with Everest. And then they ended up going to Everest and like playing their worst game of the season. And Everest just smoked them. And that, to three. and that was the week that Joe Cannell stopped his practice and said, look, guys, do you want to be everybody's homecoming game or do you want to win championships? And since that speech, Mooney's been a pretty good football team the, the rest of last year and all of this year so far. Uh, and and they, they finally, because they thought they were going to play him again. Yep last year in the second round of the playoffs and then they lost uh, with no time left in their first round game out of nowhere after dominating the whole game uh and they didn't get that chance so they've waited a long time to get another shot at at everest um and we'll see what happens and by the way that lutheran seminary loss lutheran seminary is now six and zero. yeah and that's a game you felt like mooney gave away they did they, they had things under control with a couple minutes to go in the third quarter, it looked like they were in command of that game. Yep. Maybe a game we'll get to see in a few weeks, months' time. But let's talk about some eight-man scores. How about Brown City? I know Britton Deerfield's not as good as they were last year, but they go to Britton Deerfield, and I don't care who you play. We're on your bus on a bus for two and a half hours, and then you go and beat uh, a semifinalist from a year ago, 60-38. to 38. That's damn it, impressive. It, it was 22-22 at halftime, so they won the second half 38-16. to 16. That's impressive. Brown, I mean, Martin might just be that good. I know they lost to North Point Christian. But we but know North Point Christian is has like stupid 350 good. kids. Yeah. It's like if if Almont, well, slightly smaller Almont, started playing eight-man football. Uh, you think they're excited in Kingston? Yes. They beat Deckerville 56-20. to They had already knocked off Oakland Christian, and Oakland Christian rolled Atherton 50-12 to uh, tonight. So 
Kingston has beaten everybody in their path so far, and they don't have a big-time opponent really left. I mean, Mayville is kind of a rivalry game, and I think they play Mayville next. I'll have um, to look. But, um, I got it. I'll look. Um, you said Deckerville? Kingston. Oh, Kingston, sorry. Um, Kingston next plays K-Pack. Oh, K-Pack. And K-Pack then and then at Mayville. So, I mean, they still have two good opponents left on the uh, regular season, but beating Deckerville tonight kind of is the de facto title for them now. I guess Mayville could beat them. Mayville only has one league loss. Yeah, Dolphin but. Christian, so. Uh, I mean, they... They lost to Oak and Christian pretty bad. They did. Um, speaking of K-Pack, they picked up a game with Farwell and lose 46-40. Farwell, I think, is too big for the playoffs, too. Yeah. But but this is a good effort by K-Pack. They were competitive again after having a, a couple of tough weeks uh, in a row. They had only scored 20 points the last eight quarters. Yeah, and, and, and got beat pretty bad on the road. So uh, to to show up and have a a, a good competition with uh, with a bigger school like that and and to find a game because I don't this was last second that this got set up I think had to have been Peck forty four North here on six that was the score at halftime so Peck took care of business and do we believe that is clinching a share L- that puts them at five and zero. Oh. And let's see. Actually, Merritt, Merritt is, is four and one in league play, and they play next week. Yeah, so for the stripes title. Yeah, so the Peck Merritt game next week uh, should decide things. Yeah, uh, Peck still has CPS after that, which could be a tricky game. But CPS got beat fifty-five uh, twenty-four by All Saints this week. Yep. So and that- Merritt, as expected, cruised past Caseville fifty-two to six. Anything else, Dennis? Um, yeah, I can't believe how much tonight threw the BWAC on its head. Because if let's just flip the score of Almont Cross Lex, I think we go through the BWAC segment pretty as we have been so far, and what we expect, and we, you know, just go all right. Yep, this this as expected. All right, the big one, North Branch Cross Lex. Our mate is gonna have to could throw a wrench in things, but. Wow, because maybe I prop up North Branch a little more with that win, but geez, crazy how one game could kind of just mind bend you. Well, our number one team is lost, so that will make the top tens this week interesting. Yeah, it'll I really interesting because well, let, let's it's North Branch or Port here on Northern at number one. Yeah, de- depending on like. Whose poll we're looking at and, and how everybody uh, does it. I know who my number one team will be, um, but I, I have a feeling, because uh, I can't predict Callie and, and Brendan. Right. But I have a feeling in, we're our, be in, our, area, in our area poll, North Branch might end up being number one. Right. And You know, it's curious. For me, it's, you have to compare the wins and, well, before tonight, PH looked like a much better win than Almont, but that Almont win looks a lot juicier now. No, we'll, we'll, well see. Well, it'll be it'll be we'll a, it'll be a topic for Tuesday's yeah. show. Um, yeah, anything else Tuesday? I'll, I'll have the next edition of the postseason playoff tier, which see. will be, I think, more interesting this time around because one, we're closer to it. Yes, and we and have two. two weeks we've had some data. really interesting scores recently. Yes, so uh, we'll do all that. But before tomorrow. Uh, Later today, tomorrow, I don't know what day it is. It, it is tech, It is right now, as you're saying this, it's 2.11 on Saturday morning. So uh, 1 o'clock 
Looney and uh, Everest is kickoff, and I'll be on the air at 1240. Sounds good. And if nothing else, go to GetStuckOnSports.com to see all the scores. Cool. And uh, don't forget uh, the the TV show coming up on uh, Monday. I want to plug that, too. Oh, yeah. If you don't know, we do a little thing on EBW every Monday. It's kind of a mini version of this, but... Uh, it's a condensed version, but you can see our faces. So. And, we, and we talk a little bit different stuff. You might want to like get uh, those little eye things you wear when you sleep. <laughs> the, the face just, mask. Just listen to our voices. No, you're getting too tired, Dennis. <laughs> we need to send this home <laughs> so we can go home. All right. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.